0: Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. So today we're in Mark 6 and it's a packed full chapter. Lots going on. So before we start reading, let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for all that you've done. I lift up this reading and I just pray, Lord, for you to be the one that we hear from. That there be nothing from me, that it would all be from you, and that our understanding of you, your wisdom we would hear, would grow. And so, Father, I just submit to you my heart, my mind, and my spirit, and I just pray for your guidance and for you to infuse in my spirit even more of you. I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name amen so every day let me rephrase that so often as i'm going about my day i start reading and recently i went back and started looking at some of the some of the things that were i don't know covered in this podcast for the last year and some pretty cool stuff i'm going to do a one-year anniversary post and just kind of talk about it but it's pretty neat um all the state, all all the countries that it's heard in and downloaded in and whatnot. just pretty awesome stuff. At the same time, I started going back and I reread some of A.W. Tozer and really where he talked about us as human beings and what's built into us by God, that as God is spirit, we're spirit because we're made in his image. We just happen to be spiritual beings with a body, not a body, a human being, with a spirit. So we're different from the animals which are, you know, animals. They're created beings with bodies and that's really what they are for the most part. But we've been made in the image of God. And he mentions and he talks about how inside of us in each one of us in that spirit that exists is basically the single point and single part. It's the I am he calls it. It's the image of God. And it's in each person. And so often we don't even know it and yet we try to fill it because it's a void it's something that we need to grow there's a desire in us to have that that spot inside of us that only god can fill that we need to have that filled we need to make it you know we need to grow it and we have this desire all the time and i know with myself i've tried to fill it at times with with money, with toys. You should see all the bikes I have, the, the fishing rods I have. I mean, I try to fill it with all sorts of things that aren't God. And it's only once I realized truly what it was that I was able to to stop the the buying binge, the doing things binge, and turn it over and recognize that it's God. And so... I just go back and read Tozer and he, every time I reread it it's like it's just amazing because it's new insights it's good reminders and um anyways so with all that said let's go on to chapter 6 verse 1 um the initial section is about Jesus going back to his hometown and basically you know prophet isn't honored in his own town this will be the third time the first time they tried to kill him They wanted to throw him off a cliff. Um, The second time, his family really let him down. He was preaching in a house, and he was healing people and everything else. And his mom and brothers came out and said, Hey, he's crazy. Come with us. We'll take care of him. And now this will be the third time. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get this, these things? They asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brothers of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Which is strange to me because someone's doing an incredible thing. He's healing, com- doing miracles and he's teaching and yet they get mad. It just seems, you know, they take offense. It seems odd. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. Calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out, two by two, and gave them authority over impure spirits. These These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they could take nothing with them, and so they had to they had to rely upon his power and his grace at all times. And it didn't mean it was easy. They didn't always get accepted. They got kicked out of places, but they did do miracles. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. King Herod heard about this, for Jesus' name had become well known. Some were saying, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead, and that is why miraculous powers are at work in him. Others said, he is Elijah. And still others claimed, he is a prophet, like one of the prophets of long ago. I find it interesting that none of them thought, hey, it's the Messiah. But when... Herod heard this. He said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised from the dead. For Herod himself had given the orders that John arre- that John to have John arrested, and he had him bound and put in prison. He did this because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. For John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herodias nursed a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But she was not able to because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man. When Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet he liked to listen to him. Finally, the opportune time came. On on his birthday, Herod gave a banquet for his high, high officials and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. When the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guest. The king said to the girl, ask me for anything you want and I'll give it to you. And he promised her with an oath, whatever you ask, I will give you up to half my kingdom. She went out and told her mom, what shall I ask for? The head of John the Baptist, she answered. Now that's true hatred. And that's a dislike of your daughter. Her daughter could, granted, she's already married to the king, but her daughter's not. And her daughter could have gotten a lot from the king. But instead, she was vindictive and didn't care about her daughter's future. Instead, she just wanted John killed. At once, the girl hurried into the king with the request. I want you to give me right now the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was greatly distressed, but because of his oaths and his dinner guest, he did not want to refuse her. So he immediately sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. The man went, beheaded John in the prison, and brought back his head on a platter. He presented it to the girl, and she gave it to her mother. On hearing of this, John's disciples came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and doing and coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, "Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest." So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw him saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we going to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? These guys are just, it's just, you know, I I sit here in such judgment. (laughs) It's crazy because I, I say it with such, oh man, why don't they realize they were just out healing and doing miracles and casting out demons. How could they be so blind? And I'm sure So many people, including my father probably, my mother, like, dude, why are you so blind to what God really wants in your life? But anyways, they said, okay, um, verse 38, how many loaves do you have? He asked, go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. They say that's closer to about fifteen to 20,000 because when you count all the women and children that were there, they only counted the men or gave a number for the men. But when you look at everyone who would have been there, close to fifteen to 20,000 people. Verse 45, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethesda while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountain mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars, because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out, because they they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. They were completely amazed for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. When we harden our hearts, and I do this all the time, when I harden my heart, I I make it so I don't get to see the glory of God and I don't understand. And my prayer is to not have that hard heart any longer. When they had crossed over, they, le- they landed at Genesaret and anchored there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout the whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages, towns, or countrysides, they placed the sick in the marketplaces they begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak and all who touched touched it were healed so i think back on chapter 5 where jesus told the jewish leader whose daughter was going to die or had died when he told him don't be afraid just believe and then we see that when jesus is walking on the water and the Disciples are afraid because they think he's a ghost. Once again, Jesus tells them, have no fear. Take courage and don't be afraid. One of the messages I take out of this is, and I take out of so many of these readings is not to be afraid because God is with me. God is with us even when we don't feel it. He's omnipresent. He's beside us right now. And that's what makes it living for him and understanding him, having my spirit open to him, my heart open to him, is the greatest gift we can have. That serving God is the greatest honor because we then get to to commune with him He's here next to us. We don't need to be afraid. And we just have to accept with soft hearts, open hearts, not hardened, that He's here with us now. After a year, almost a year of doing this, reading this, going through, I think it's 13 books or more, it really does hit home how much God loves me. He loves you. we've seen it time after time I don't have to be perfect I don't even have to be good I just have to be willing and know that he can do it so with that let's go ahead and close up with a quick word of prayer Lord I thank you I thank you for your word I thank you for all that you've done you're a mighty God and yet you care about me it's amazing that you care and take an active role in my life so, Father, I just lift up this time. I lift up this reading. I lift up, Lord, because it's it's happening right now. I lift up my, my kids. I lift up my daughter, youngest daughter, who's just having some challenges. I lift her up to you, Lord. And I just pray you keep her safe and you give her peace. Help calm and soothe her mind and help her to know that you're right there with her. And that she just has to open her heart, her mind, her spirit to you. So, Father, I lift up this time. I lift up all of these folks listening. I lift up the people in the U.S., Russia, South Africa, South America, all over the world, Lord. I lift up them in the various cities. And I just pray that you would take care of them, give them peace, help them understand you more so that we can all love you with our whole heart, our whole being, and that we can love others as we love ourselves. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey back to Back to God. I hope you have a great day.